We're going to jump right over into our lesson text. And I, we want to go to Proverbs, the 19th chapter, verse number 21. And then we're going to read Romans, the 8th chapter, verse number 28. Proverbs 19 and 21. And then we're going to go to uh, Romans, the 8th chapter, verse number 28. Amen. First scripture says this. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Can we read that out loud? No purpose together. Say it again. You can make many plans. How many of y'all have done that before? But the Lord's purpose will prevail. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter and verse number 28. It says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to what his purpose for him, for them, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The text says, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him and having called them, he gave them right standing with him and having given them right standing He gave them his what? His glory. He gave them his glory. We want to talk about today fulfilling our purpose. Fulfilling our purpose. Um, If Brother Dave, flash this picture up on the screen. How many of y'all know this guy right here? Got uh, Chadwick Boseman, most of y'all who watch Black Panther, uh, uh, Thurgood Marshall, uh, James Brown, the movie by James Brown, also by Jackie Robinson. Uh, this young man uh, uh, on August 28th died at the at the young age of 43. Uh, and again, he, he drew a lot of accolades because of the roles that he plays in the movies, in particular the Black Panther movie. And I want to just read some things about him because as I was you know looking over some of the articles that were being read uh, that were being written about him, it really impressed me because I believe this guy understood his purpose. Uh, the tweet that announced. Uh, his death was the most uh, liked tweet of all times. And in his, fa- his family, you know, during this time period, let everybody know that he, was di- he had been diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016. And he battled it with the, the last four years as it progressed to stage four. Uh, he, fil- he actually filmed Black Panther in 2018 and played that Black Panther role in Avengers uh, Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Um, and he starred in 21 Bridges and one, a couple other movies. And, and we know now, based on what his family told us, that he made each of those movies during, during and between countless surgeries and uh, chemotherapy. Chadwick Bozeman, one guy said, died of cancer, but he died in faith. He died of cancer, but he died in faith. His pastor, Reverend Samuel, Samuel Neely, who baptized him as a child, said that uh, the arts were always a part of his life. And he was singing in the church choir and producing plays in high school. And according to Reverend Neely, Bozeman continued to live out his faith as an adult. In explaining Jackie Robinson's remarkable courage when he played that role, Bozeman quoted the fruit of the spirit from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And he said, I feel like it's because he had God in him that he was able to make it through this. All the stuff that Jackie Robinson went through being the first African-American to integrate baseball. In a speech last year, Bozeman thanked actor Denzel Washington for providing a scholarship that enabled him uh, to study one summer at Oxford University. He ended 
with this benediction when he was giving his thanks to, to Denzel Washington. He said, may God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more in what's in store than he has ever done before. That's paraphrasing Ephesians 3 and 20. And in his 2018 commencement address to his alma mater, Howard University, Bozeman quoted J- Jeremiah 29 and 11, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Listen to what he told his graduating class. He says, he says, graduating class, hear me well on this day. You would rather find purpose than just a job or a career. Listen to that again. He said, you'd rather find purpose than just a job or a career. He says, purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on planet Earth at this particular time in history. He says, the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. I like that. The struggles along the way in your life, in my life, only there to shape us for our purpose. Now, guys, when we're going through it, sometimes we don't understand it, do we? We don't see how me going through this is shaping me for my divine purpose. And he added, he says, when God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone who is holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you if it's meant for you. If He says, if you are willing to take the harder way, because our young folks now want the easy way out. They want to be at the top of the game when they just started working two weeks ago. He says, if you're willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first and successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Chadwick Boseman's death came too soon, but not before he discovered his purpose in life. And we're talking about fulfilling our purpose. I wonder how many of you have discovered your purpose in life. Bible scholar William Barclay made this profound statement. He says, there are two great days in a person's life. The day we are born and the day we discover why. The day we're born and the day we discover our purpose. Amen. Amen. The day we discover our purpose. So we're talking about fulfilling our purpose this morning. I want you to go with me to First Thessalonians chapter number two. And we're going to begin our reading there at verse number one. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. We're going to talk about fulfilling our purpose. First Thessalonians chapter number two, and we're going to begin our reading at verse one. Now, again, uh, I want to read this first verse, but I want to I want to I want I want to say something today. Really, in this series, I got three major points I want to hit. I'm only going to cover one today. You got me. I ain't going to try to cover all three, Vaughn. We're going to unpack number one. Three things I want you to think about, and I want you to repeat me say, engage. engage. Say it again, say engage. engage. Oh, you got to say it loud and say engage. engage. Say it again, say engage. engage. You got to say it again, say engage. engage. Oh, look at your neighbor, say engage. engage. Say equip. equip. And say empower. empower. Engage, engage, equip, and empower. Because if we're going to fulfill our purpose, we got to do all three of those things. We got to engage, we got to get equipped, and we got to be empowered to fulfill our God ordained destiny. First Thessalonians chapter number two, verse number one. Paul says this You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. Verse two, come on, let's go. 
You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. Verse number three says, so you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. Thank God. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose. Everybody say our purpose. Our purpose is to do what? Please God, not people. If, you, if Some of y'all sitting under the side of my weak voice right now need to get over people. Some of y'all are people pleasers and not God pleasers. I learned this a long time ago as a pastor. I've been pastoring this church for 31 years now and I love all of y'all, but I'm going to please God rather than you. There are going to be people who come and there are going to be people who go. I tell you this, I, I said, now this is the God and the truth. If you can open my heart up and see inside of you, you know it's true. I don't get too excited when people come and I don't get too low when people go. Because I've discovered after 31 years of passing, Brenda, people come and people go. But the will of the Lord still got to get done. Can I get a witness? He says, our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Verse five, let's go. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. Y'all got those kind of friends. They only call you when they need some money. Come on now. Paul says, never once. As for him and praise, we, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands on you, but instead we were like children among you or we were like a mother feeding and caring for our own children. We love you so much that we share it with you, not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Next verse says, don't you remember, dear brothers, this is how hard we worked among you. Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. Text says, you yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. 11 and 12. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. Last one. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and in his glory. Talking about fulfilling our purpose. And we're going to deal with that first one, engage. Now, the, the first point I, that I want to make is, is we engage others, guys, through genuine relationships, sharing our lives in the, in the gospel. I'll read that. We engage others through genuine relationships, sharing our lives and the gospel. We engage others through genuine relationships. Now, guys, watch this. I, I, need, you, I need you to hear me carefully. EBC members and those who may not be EBC members who are listening, you, you, you're our, our electronic EV, EBC member. <laughs> All right. Listen very carefully. One of the things that is hindering our ability to become disciples of Christ is that many of us don't want to engage. Listen to me carefully. The one thing I've discovered as we're going through this kingdom disciple study as a church, there are many EBC members who did not even take the time to engage in learning what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I love you, but you're not ready to engage fully. Hello? I mean, I'm not saying you don't love Jesus and you, 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 if you die, you're not going to heaven. 
But you're not really ready to engage with the master. You're not ready to engage with fellow believers so that we as a body of believers can be effective in advancing kingdom principles. So much so that just one little study you had to sign up for, you did not even bother to sign up for it. I'm not fussy because I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth. Because I don't, Paul said, have I become your enemy because I told you the truth? And so to engage, guys, requires something more than coming to church on Sunday. So a, a lot of believers I've discovered are willing to come to church with you, but they're not willing to do life together with you. Can I say that again? That sounded good to me, y'all. A lot of believers, come on, are willing to come to church with you, but they are not willing to do life together with you. Again, as we, we as we do this kingdom, this this church wide, it's a church wide kingdom disciple study because I want us to learn and to understand what Jesus meant when he said, "Go and make disciples." Now, here's what most Christians try to do: we try to engage with God on our own terms with what we are comfortable with. I I got news for you right now. If you decide to become a disciple, a disciple is going to mean that you got to get uncomfortable because that means that I got to get outside of myself. Remember I said, many people are willing to come to church with you, but they're not willing to do life together with you. And through this study that we're understanding more completely that there is a distinct difference between a Christian convert and a disciple. You can be saved, but never become a disciple. Discipleship costs you something. Touch yourself, touch yourself on the chest. Say, discipleship is going to cost me something. But Jesus promises his authority and the power to disciples and not converts. And see, what we're discovering in our study is that reason why many of us are not seeing and walking in the authority and power that Jesus promised us is because we have not submitted to the discipleship process. Oh, we got saved, but we don't want to be a disciple because it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us some time. It'll probably cost you some friends, your drinking buddies who you don't drink with anymore, who you don't smoke with anymore. Come on. They may start not call, they, they, they won't call you next time they have their party because you're becoming a disciple. You understand what it means to be totally engaged. Now, guys, hear me carefully. Listen to me very carefully. The term engaged, uh, you know, we, we, we know that when, when somebody gets ready to get married, we say they are what? Engaged. And we say that uh, our concept of engagement is a little bit uh, weak at best in our understanding because uh, in the biblical sense of the word engage, that was a word that we use. It's called betrothal. Everybody say betrothal. Come on, it, 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 just let it roll off your tongue. Say betrothal. And betrothal was a strong form of engagement. Betrothal, a man actually uh, was, was almost akin to being married. It was a contractual arrangement. One of the most famous betrothals that we know of is, is, is Jesus' earthly mother, Mary, and Joseph, her fiancé. Because y'all do know that, that when Mary got pregnant with the seed of the Holy Ghost, come on now. The Bible says Joseph was getting ready to put her away, to write her a divorce, a bill of divorce. Well, I thought they weren't married yet. They were betrothed. It was a contractual arrangement. It was strong. 
It was stronger than what we in America in the Western culture think about being engaged. Because it, listen, oftentimes families would arrange for marriages and there would be a contract involved. And and if that marriage was broke, then you still owe owe that that dowry back to that family, amen, of the bride who you had said you were going to marry. So to be engaged, amen, as a Christian, it has to be stronger than just coming to God when you need something. I'm going to say this and I'm saying it in a dramatic fashion and I'm saying it because I want to get your mind focused on what it means to be engaged or to be troughed to the, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to be to be connected to your spiritual journey. Let me let me say it like this. Y'all listen to me very carefully. God is not interested in being your midnight booty call. I'm going to say it again for dramatic emphasis. God is not interested in being your midnight. Y'all know what a midnight booty call is. That's when someone calls you up late at night, don't really want to have a relationship with you, won't take you out to dinner, won't introduce, won't introduce you to their family, but they're going to call you at 11.30 say, hey, can I come over there? And they're coming over there to engage in sexual relationship with you, but there's no commitment. And that's where some of us do God. We want to come to God when we need something. We want to come to God when, 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 when we're in desperation. We want to come to God. We want to pray to God. But we don't want to be engaged, amen, to his son, Jesus Christ, who is the bride. of We are the bride of Christ. The church is. God is not interested in us just calling him just when we need. Him. He wants to have a solid, committed relationship. Are y'all with me today? Y'all, let me get some of y'all back because that, like, that threw some of y'all off when I said that. But guys, I want you to understand, God loves you so much that he desires to have that intimate relationship with you. See, in this passage, guys, that we, we just read from First Thessalonians, in this passage, what Paul says is descriptive and it shows the deep love he held for the church and its believers at Thessalonica. It's, he had a deep love for them. And and. And Paul's purpose, guys, listen to me carefully, his purpose in writing this passage was to strengthen and build up the believers in Christ. But to do so, he had to answer and correct some charges that have been labeled against him. How many of y'all ever had some people bring some charges against you that were untrue or that were false? See, listen, as a born again believer, expect to be talked about. Expect to be ridiculed, but let it be, Brother Mac, because you are doing what God told you to do. Don't have folks talking about you because you've been slipping and tipping, shucking and jiving. That's old school 70s. Amen. Doing things that are outside of God's will. Let, let us be talking about because of our stand for Christ and our commitment to be engaged with the master. Can I get a witness? So, guys, when we look at this thing, we got we got to move on. So, so Paul knew Paul knew how easily people are influenced by charges and and rumors, and how easily they become exaggerated. See, in in the world that we live in now, in the world that we live in now, with 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 uh, social media, rumors just rumors just will, will just run rampant. 
And, and for God's sake, hear me carefully, for God's sake, quit believing everything you see on Facebook and Twitter. Consider the source. Guys, listen, the Russians, the Iranians, and the Chinese, along with fools in America, are putting stuff out there to shape your opinion. And the majority of it is not even true. Consider the source. Everything that you read does not have validity to it. Stay with the word of God and then mind your own business and you'll be better off. Can, you, you can stay connected and engaged. Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted no question and no misunderstanding about him and the minister of Christ that he was engaged in. He was a minister of Christ, a true minister, and the gospel of Christ was true. This meant that their faith was valid. Now watch this, guys. The point is this. This passage gives us the picture of a strong minister, the kind of minister and servant of Christ that every believer should be. Everybody say every believer should be. Come on. Say every believer should be. Guys, God, God wants us to be engaged. He wants us to be connected. He does not want you to just come to him when you need something. Now, here's what here's the way God is. God knows when you first get born again that you are a babe in Christ. And so God will tolerate some things while you are a baby. Come on now. He'll tolerate some things while you're young in your faith. But the longer that you're in your faith, there are some things that God says you ought to know better. And I'm, I'm going to discipline you royally because you know better. You've been sitting up on the past Adam for 20 years and you still thinking like that. He showed you in the word of God how you should deal with that situation. But you said, well, you know, I know what Pastor Adam said. Pastor Adam don't live with my husband. I know what Pastor Adam said, but he don't live with my wife. He's talking about uh, serve my wife. You, you, You try to serve her. Well, you shouldn't have married her. Because when you enter the covenant relationship, God holds you responsible for doing what his word says. If you're going to be engaged with him. Paul, Paul, Paul's affection for his people was so strong that he, he preached the gospel to them in the midst of adversity and great opposition. There were people coming against him and, and he was willing to do so. He was willing to do even more. He was willing to pour out his soul for them to sacrifice his very life to make sure that they came to know Christ and the eternal salvation that was in him. So, so, so Paul, Paul is a strong minister. Look at it right quick. Go back to verse number one of First Thessalonians chapter number two. Let's, can we walk through this right quick? Because guys, I want you to be engaged. Now, anybody, all of y'all that are listening to me right now, you know for a fact whether or not you really are plugged into God or not. I don't have to, I don't, you, you know whether or not you are plugged into God. You know whether or not you're truly engaged in doing, amen, in trying to grow in your faith. Let me share this with you right quick. If all you do is come here on Sundays or watch us via live stream, that's not really the type of engagement I'm talking about. Are you with me? When I got engaged to my wife, listen, I met my wife in January. We got gay, engaged in June. And we got married in December. December. Lou, that was less than a year time from meeting to marrying. Now, 
during that time period when we decided we were engaged, guess what? We were locked into each other and we were still <laughs> locked into each other 35 years, almost 35 years later. But that engagement meant that, that, that my eyes were focused in on her. Let me come to this side. Engagement meant that my eyes were locked into her. Engagement means that my eyes should not have been locked in anybody else. They were locked in her because now I was, I was, I was focused on her. God says, I want you to be engaged with each other as born again believers because we draw strength from one another. Here's what we got to get over. You got to get over yourself itself. I know what you say. I hear you saying, well, no, Pastor, you know, I work all week long and, and, and you're talking about engaging and doing life together with some other church members who not who, 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 who don't just look just like me, who don't just act like me, who don't we don't have the same interests in common. Maybe somebody the Lord laid on your heart that you said in, in a normal course, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't even go to lunch with that person. But because I'm engaged, they're members of my church or I know them, I work with them. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try to do life together with them. I'm going to try to have some time that we spend together so we can draw strength from one another. Some of y'all looking at me right now know for a fact that there are certain people you ain't going to fool with. I got to come to the side because we're talking about being engaged. But the reason why some of us can't be engaged is because. We only want to be around people who are just like us. Can I get two amens over here? How about another one over here? And I got news for you guys. If you're going to be effective in advancing the kingdom agenda, you got to be willing to get engaged. We got to be engaged. When I say engaged, we got to get connected to one another. Because we draw strength from each other. You got giftings I need and I have giftings you need. And so we got to get out of this thing where we only want people around us. We will have a Bible study. We, want, we only want the people who we are already friends with to come to our Bible study. Ain't that selfish? Well, we can't. We can't if we, if, here, here's why some of y'all don't want nobody other than your, your circle that's already around you. Because you can't gossip like you normally gossip. Cause y'all, y- y- y'all, y'all three or four, y'all hand together. Y'all just talk about feet on the slide. <laughs> oh, Sister Smith, you, 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 have you heard about Sally and what's going on with her and her husband? I need y'all to be in prayer for her. <laughs> they going through some things. What, what Sister Sally? I, 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 you know, the pastor told us to be specific about what we pray for. What they going through, Sister Sally? <laughs> Some of y'all just too doggone nosy. Just pray for people. But here's what, here's what I'm getting at. If you learn how to engage with people when they're going through something and you are doing life together, they can come to you and talk about what they need to talk about because they know that you're engaged together and you're going to stick together and what they tell you is not going to be all over the church. Can I get a witness? Look at what it says here. So, so Paul, watch, watch this, guys. Watch this. Look, look at his background a little bit. 
You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. Look at that. It was not a failure. Look at verse number two. Watch this. Watch this. Paul said, you know how badly we have been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. People were trying to take Paul out. Yet our God gave us the courage to do what? To declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. You remember that incident in the book of Acts where, uh, you know, I think it was they came before Gamaliel and, uh, and they wanted to, to do something bad to, I think it was Paul and maybe Peter and the apostles. And, um, and, and, and I think it was Gamaliel who told him, listen, why are y'all messing with these guys? He said, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, if it's of the Lord, he says, if it's not of the Lord, it ain't going to last. And if, it's, if it is of the Lord, you can't stop it anyhow. See, when you walk in God's divine purpose, I don't care. And when you know what your purpose is, it does not matter who don't want you to accomplish whatever it is God has set your hand to accomplish. Quit giving the devil all that credit over your life. And for God's sake, quit giving people that kind of authority and power of your life. See, I'm a man of faith. And being a man of faith, I don't care who don't want me to do what God has purpose in my life to do. It don't matter who's against me. When God is for me, he's greater than the whole world against me. Too many of you walking around talking about what you can't do because this person won't do this. The man won't let me do it. I told you before, give me that man's name. I'm going to call him and ask him why he's keeping you down. See, this is a faith walk. And guys, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you about Doyle Adams' experience. I've learned how to walk by faith and not by sight. I've learned not to look at the opposite. I'm not saying opposition is not there, but what I'm saying is the God that's on the inside of you and the God that's on the inside of me is more than able to overcome whatever opposition is out there. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we got to stop, stop looking around and, and giving the devil all that credit. Giving folk that much power of our life. How, how in the world are you going to let somebody, some person, walk into the room and then your mood change? Why would you give somebody that much power and authority over your life? That when they show up, you go into depression. L- listen to me now. When they show up, your mood changes. There's nowhere in Hades I'm going to give somebody that much power in my life because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, guys, according to the power that worketh in us. So, so, so Paul, Paul, uh, those, those guys uh, the, in the book of Acts, you know, uh, after getting that judgment, he said, leave them alone because if, if it's another Lord, you can't stop it. And if it's not a Lord, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall to anyhow. So what they do, they beat them and let them go. <laughs> and guys, when they beat them and let them go, those apostles, those servants of Christ, they start rejoicing because they said we were counted worthy to be beat for Christ Jesus. And some of y'all sit listening beside my voice right now. Uh, when somebody talks about you, you go into a state of depression. Let me tell you something. There's, you know, if you're going to be a disciple, it's going to cost you something. 
If you're going to be a disciple, you got to be willing to, to walk under the rulership and authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, so his background, Paul, Paul came to him and Paul said that, listen, in spite of great opposition, we, we still spoke the word boldly. He came from, uh, from, uh, how, from Philippi being mistreated. Now he's up here in Thessalonica still preaching the gospel. So he operated in boldness. So if you're going to be a disciple, boldness has to be a part of your, your, your spiritual repertoire. Quit letting people talk you out of standing for God. Quit let family members. I said, quit letting family members stop you from doing what the word of God told you to do. Amen. So his boldness and then his message. Look, his, his message was a pure gospel. We're going to we're going to look back at verse number three of first. That's long chapter number two. Watch this right quick. It was it was it was a pure gospel. Watch what he says now, guys. Says, so you can see. Watch this. We were not preaching with any deceit. Or impure motives or trickery. Now, guys, I'm gonna tell you something. If, if, if you don't believe anything else, hear me carefully. When your pastor, Doyle Adams, comes and shares with you the word of God, I'm not trying to trick you into doing anything but the will of God. And I'm not even trying to trick you into doing that because it's up to you. Ultimately, it's up to you. I tell you that before, I sleep well at night. You know why? Because I know you don't belong to me, you belong to God. And so I can't make you do anything and I'm not going to try to make you do anything because if I made you do it, you did it because I made you do it and not because you were willing to do it, then you don't get blessed anyhow. I understand that there's a responsibility for you in leadership position. There are things that you are required to do. Amen. But my point is this. It's going to be up to you to do the will of of the father. He said, so you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get something out of you and then make you do something that's not in line with God's will. I want to share with you the word of God and then now it's up to you to do what's been explained to you to do in the word of God. So Paul said, it's not trickery. I'm not going to, we're not going to, listen, we're not going to have a thousand dollar line uh, for offering. I, I, I detest those kind of offerings when people get up there and they, 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 they start at a thousand and work all the way down to one dollar. When they try to milk the congregation, the Bible says God loves what? A cheerful giver. And we're going to teach about giving. We're going to encourage you in giving, but I'm not going to try to trick you into giving. If you, if you give because I put pressure on you out of constraint and compulsion, that's not the kind of giving God blesses. When you give, you ought to give because you understand what giving is all about and you understand how God will bless you to be a blessing. I'm not going to use trickery and some impure motives uh, when I'm sharing the gospel. I'm going to break open the book and I want to challenge you to go home and look at what I told you. Go, go exegete the text yourself. Can I get a witness? So his message was a pure gospel. The, the, the next thing is, number four, his motive is right. His motive was, look, look at verses four through six. Right, look, look at this right quick. His motive was not to please men, but God. Not to please men, but God. He didn't use, he didn't, his motive was not with flattering words. It, 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 it was, it was not for greed. It was not for glory. It was not even, he was not even claiming due rights that he had as an apostle. He, his, his motive was pure, guys. Pop back at, look at verses four through six of the right quick. Watch this. His motives were pure. And there are people, I, I, and God bless that soul, there are some churches who are fascinated with a guy's charisma and oratorical ability and how he rhymes it and dimes it. But his motivation ain't, ain't right. Come on. He can preach the tar off the road, but he doesn't have the best interest of the congregation heart. 
it looks like those are the cats that can get churches anytime they want to get a church. And that's all they're doing is getting the church. You need an under shepherd, someone who's going to labor with you, someone who's going to feed you with wisdom and knowledge, someone who's going to walk with you through your trying time, celebrate with you through your happy time. Someone who's going to be there and not throw you away when they know your mess ups. When they know your hang ups, when they know your failures, they're still there to walk with you. Guys, listen to me carefully. It's critically important that our motives be right. Paul, did, he, he didn't try to please men. He, he didn't use flattering words. As a matter of fact, Paul, unlike Apollos, was by all accounts and most theologians will tell you, he was not a great oratorical speaker. He was solid. He was foundationally strong. He couldn't, he couldn't talk it like Apollos could. Bible said Apollos was an eloquent speaker. But Paul stood on the faith. He was real plain. Paul stood. Paul told it like it was and like it is. Can I get it? He says, for we speak as messages approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Next verse says what? Come on, let's read. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. Now, I know. There are a lot of times preachers are accused of just wanting you to be a member for your money. Let me tell you something right quick. There's a responsibility that all of us have to support the work of ministry. I can prove that biblically. I don't have time to go through it right now. But, but you, you all ought to know, you that have been here for, with a prolonged period of time ought to know that we don't spend a whole lot of time trying to twist your arm and strong arm you to do what God has told you to do. Because ultimately it's going to be up to you to be obedient with the right heart and the right spirit. Paul said here, look, he says, we, we, God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. Watch out for people who only come around you when they need something. I, don't, I really don't consider it to be a true friend. You only show up when you need something. How many of y'all got them kind of folks that, that, that came across your life before? Uh, come on, look, look at me. How many of y'all got some people and some relatives who only call you when they need some money, right? Paul says, I'm not, that, that's not me. And guys, as your pastor, I'm going to teach you what the Bible says about giving, but I'm not going to sit here and beg you to do something that God has already told you to do because I know what the Lord can do. I know and I've experienced his blessing. I know that the word of God is true. When he says give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over with men giving you a bosom, but with the same measure that you meet out, it'll be measured back up unto you again. I have experienced that. So I'm going I'm to keep on being obedient because I want God to use me to be a channel of blessing to bless somebody else. So Paul, 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 Paul was not, he, he, his motives were pure, guys. And you, you need to have somebody who, whose motive is pure. Look at verse number six. Watch this, watch this. As for human praise, we, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. Watch out for people who get mad when they don't get their name called. Watch out for people in ministry who always want to know where they are on the program who always want their name to be called and they get offended when their name is not called and I get proper credit for what went on. Because ultimately, guys, it ain't about us getting credit. It's about Jesus Christ being lifted up. I run from people who are always looking to be in the spotlight. A man's gift will make room for him. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. 
Look at his testimony. Look at his testimony. He, Paul was, a, in verses 7 through 11, he was a gentleman. He was a laboring man. He was a clean man. He was a fatherly man. Look at verse, look, look, he says, as apostle of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. Paul says, my apostolic covering, amen, over you as a church was like a mother mothering her child. Feeding a child. Paul was pouring into them. Look at the next verse. Come on, let's go, guys. Says, we love you so much that we share with you not only God's good news, but our own lives, too. Here's what I got to get to, guys. See, if we're going to engage, that means we got to be willing to share our lives with others. Now, I'm going to ask you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a very pointed question. This is, this is a question that, that I don't want you to raise your hand. I just want you to think about it. As a member of this church, if you've been a member of this church at least five years, can you think of more than two or three people who you did something with outside of Sunday morning? Don't even raise your hand. Somebody, have, can you think of somebody who you've befriended or started to build a relationship, a bond with who you were not already friends with? Talking about engagement. Furthermore, if you're sitting here, have you ever had anybody from your church over to your house? More than five minutes to open the door and bring you some mail that went to the wrong address. <laughs> now watch this. Here's why I'm, 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 I'm really harping on this because if nothing else that this pandemic has shown us, it ought to show us that church is more than just gathering on Sunday. Now watch what some of y'all will say. Well, you know, I, I, you know, but Pastor, I just, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't like fooling with church folk. What, wait a minute, what do you mean? I'm not talking about church folk. I'm talking about born again believers who have a commitment to Christ Jesus, and God has given us a commandment to engage with one another. Because if we're gonna, if we're gonna transform this community, we got to be connected ourselves first. I right, think about it for a second. Some of y'all, some of y'all kind of standoffish. Can I put it that way? What's that term they use? Some of y'all, is it bougie? Is that a term? Do we have any bougie Christians up in the EBC? Y'all do know folks talk about us like that, don't you? They call us the bougie church. Huh? But see, they don't know us. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> guys, I, I spend less than a millisecond thinking about somebody who don't know me talking about me. I mean, that's, that's asinine. Why would you sit around and worry about what somebody said? Just make sure what they're saying ain't true. And if you come and get to know me and know this church, you'll know that's not true. See, people will get intimidated when God is blessing you. Can I get a witness? Some of your family members have got intimidated because God is blessing you because you're learning what the word of God says. You're moving in faith. You're not talking that junk and trash you used to talk 20 years ago. And now they don't know how to handle you because you're talking different. So they're going to talk about you. Just they can't handle you. They're going to talk about you. Since you don't, you don't let them get under your skin at the family reunion any longer, and you walk out crying, now you're talking, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Like, what, what is that? What is that? 
I'm just a member of the church. We grew up in church together. Now here's what I say. We grew up in the same church and now you think you something because you go to that EBC. Just love on them, please. <laughs> do like Jesus says, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. They really, they really don't have a clue. But we got to start getting engaged. I want us to be engaged with people who, who are like that because we need, to, we, need to, we need to transform people's life and their way of thinking. And that don't, that's not going to happen if we keep doing life separate and apart from those who we should be engaged with. So Paul had a testimony. He was a gentleman, a laboring man, a clean man, a fatherly man. He had a fatherly approach to ministry. Skip down to verse number 11. Watch what he says here, verse number 11. It says, as you know, that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. That's Paul in his apostolic relationship, Brother Vic, with the church at Thessalonica. He says, we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. Wow. His own children. And what was his one objective? Look at verse number 12. His one objective was edification. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider you worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Look at what it says. He called you. You were born again believer. He called you to share in what? His kingdom. That's me, his rulership. That's what we've been learning in kingdom disciples, that God wants us to share in his kingdom. He's, remember when Jesus said, here's how you pray. Pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? In earth as it is in heaven. So his rulership amen, in heaven should be parlayed out in earth. And what he's telling us as disciples, I'll give you authority. I'll give you power to live out your faith walk in the earth when you will submit yourself to me. Are you still tracking with him? So his one objective was edification to build them up. We should, he says, I, he said, we pleaded with you, encourage you, and urge you to live your life in a way that God would consider worthy. I'm, I'm pleading with you. Listen, don't keep living like you've always been living. If nothing has changed in the last five months of your life, you haven't been looking very closely. I'm telling you, I've changed on the inside. And I've changed my approach and I'm changing how I engage with people. Listen, guys, we got we got to get real with this thing and stop playing around. I when I look at what's happening with wildfires and hurricanes and earthquakes and all this, these these natural calamities that's coming when the Bible talks about in the last days. I'm not saying when he's going to come, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that he's coming soon. Earthquakes in divers places, all kind of natural disasters. You know, fires just breaking out, just burning stuff up. Guys, God is trying to tell us something. Listen, guys, our relationships should demonstrate steadfast commitment to Jesus and his word. Look at you. Look at your outline. Our relationship. Our relationships should demonstrate steadfast commitment to Jesus and his word through number one, integrity. Everybody say integrity. Proverbs 11 and 3 from the New Living Translation says this. Honesty guides good people. Honesty guides good people, but dishonesty destroys treacherous people. 
Honesty does what guides good people. When you're dealing with people and, 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 and if you are walking in line with God's will for your life, then, then you're going to walk in honesty. You're not going to lie to people. I mean, people will just lie to you. I mean, they'll look you in. It used to be you, some, some folks are so good at lying, you can't even detect it unless you were trained to detect that lie. They got shifty eyes. Some people don't, some people don't have shit. They look you right in the eye and lie to you. They look at you like this. I didn't do it. Somebody else must have did it. You got them on camera. I didn't do it. That wasn't me. That was somebody that looked like me. Then it's you. You got the same clothes on. I don't know. He had the same clothes I had on. I don't know where he came from, but I, everybody got a twin, don't they? People will just lie. And we'll lie about church too. Come on. Hey. Help. Christians in the church lying to your family members, lying to fellow church members, lying to God, saying what you don't have time to do. Let me tell you something. This pandemic ought to slow all of, all of us down. And if you ain't studying now, you just don't want to study. Because you don't watch all the Netflix <laughs> movies and series you can watch. You don't binge watch everything you can binge watch. And that's time you can be in the word. That's time you can be given to God, but you say you don't have time. That's a lie. All of us got the same 24 hours in a day. And it's what we prioritize, guys. So integrity. Listen to this. Under this, demonstrate, listen to it, demonstrate Christ-like wholeness privately and publicly. Let's begin. As we look at integrity under uh, how we how we get to the point where we're engaging integrity, demonstrate Christ like wholeness privately and public. In other words, some of y'all, some of y'all scare me because you're different when ain't nobody around. Some of y'all scare me because in private, you're doing some stuff that God's not pleased with. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor, we all got a little something that we do, you know. No, 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 no. I'm talking about what God's telling you. I'm talking about the teaching that you're getting and what God is playing. You know, God has been pricking you in your heart about that thing that you're doing that should not be doing. And he said, I'm, I'm giving you opportunity to get out of it because if you don't get out of it, it's going to destroy you. Here's what God will do. I, here's what he does in my life. If, anytime God is trying to get me to 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 get out of something, he gives he gives me warning before he allows it to be exposed publicly. God will give you a warning. Don't don't you tell me he won't give you a warning. He'll give you a warning before he allows it to be exposed publicly. And he's not he, he's not God tries to cover us like he did Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember when they sinned in the garden? God was the one who who slaughtered the animal, brought the sacrifice to cover the sin. But what God will do, guys. He's not in the business just, just ripping the cover off your stuff. But what he will do, if, if he knows you got a reprobate mind, won't listen, he'll just back off. When God backs up, the enemy steps in. And guess what the enemy going to do? The enemy going to shame you publicly because he's trying to ruin your testimony. God is trying to cover you to keep you. But after a while, if you get reprobate and don't come out of that thing that you're in, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Do I need to start naming it prophetically right now? I ain't, I'm not going to start right now. But you know exactly what God has been telling you and prompting your heart. You got to get rid of that. You got to get out of that. I love you too much to let you stay in that. And if it means pulling the cover off your stuff to get you out of your stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll step back and watch the enemy pull it off. Because God, here's what I learned in my life, God. I don't know about anybody else. I've learned this. Anything that happens to me, God says, I may not have sent it, but I'll use it. I didn't send it, but I'll use it to get you where I need you to be. I didn't see the hand of one person who God has, God has had to, had to, he warned you several times, but you didn't listen. I need to, I need, I, don't y'all look at me like y'all are perfect. Come on now. I, I need to see somebody who, who the Lord was talking to you. He was telling you, and, and you knew in your spirit, but you like sin. It's pleasant before a season. You don't sin because you hate it. You sin because you like it. I like it like that, don't you? Sin is pleasurable for a season. But let me tell you, child of God, when that season is up, man, it's painful. It's heart-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy you. It's pleasurable for a season. And God is constantly warning us when we slip into that season. Okay, watch this, guys. So, so integrity. Demonstrate Christ-like wholeness privately and public. Don't just come here and look like you say Act like you say when you're at home. When you're on your job. If I were to come to your place of employment, would people know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or would they be surprised if I told you, man, that's one of our best members. Huh? What kind of church is that? You represent EBC wherever you are. You know that, don't you? So it's public and private. I'm, I'm not interested in what you're doing publicly. I'm, I, God, well, let me, I am interested. But, but I'm also more interested, too, in how you behave and what you're doing privately. Because that's the real you. Number two, serving, serving. If we're going to, yeah, thank God for the music. <laughs> serving, serving. John 13. <laughs> I know it happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. Y'all remember a uh, model Jesus example of serving. Y'all, y'all remember, you remember Jesus, and I, I don't have time to go there, but you look it up when you get home. John 13, chapter 1. Jesus, right before we get ready to go to the cross of Calvary, and he's getting ready to have his last supper with his disciples. He steps up from the table, girds himself with a towel, stoops down, get the base, water out of the basin, and begin to wash his disciples' feet, showing them humility. If you're going to be first, you've got to be last. If you're going to go up, you got to go down first. Humility, being willing to serve, being willing to do the menial task. See, that, that, that task of washing guests' feet was the most menial task among servants. Because they wore, guests wore sandals and they walked those dusty roads. And when they came in, if you were a hospitable person, you would have a servant to wash your guests' feet. Jesus was trying to show his disciples that if you're going to really go with me, you got to learn how to go low. As Michelle Obama says, you got to go high when they go low. But we, we got to go low so we can go high. See, when you, when, you, when you bow down in humility, God will raise you up. Can I get a witness? So serving is important. Model Jesus' example of serving. Third thing, teamwork. Philippians 2, verse 1 through 4. Come on. Express our unity in Christ in all of our relationships. Teamwork. We got to have teamwork. 
Philippians 2, watch this, guys, and I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting you out of here. Philippians chapter number 2, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working what? Together with what? One mind and purpose. That's, that's, that's. I need y'all to start at marketing on the line. Working together with one mind and purpose. Guys, as a church body, we should be working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get, don't get knocked off the block by some outside distraction. We got to have one mind and one purpose. Our purpose here is, is, is to lift up the name of Jesus. Our, again, what we're trying to do, we want to become disciple believers who what? Consistently walk in the ways of God and have what? Kingdom impact in our homes, schools, jobs, and the community at large. We want to reflect our faith and lead others into a personal relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Look at verse 3 and 4. Watch this. Look, look, listen to this. Look at what he says. Read it out loud. It says what? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. See, when you, when you, when you are self-aware enough of, of who God made you to be and what he's gifted you to do and your purpose in life, you don't spend time trying to impress other folks. Some of y'all driving stuff now and you're hurting economically because you were trying to impress somebody by the type of car you drive. Maybe if you got to drive that hoopla, drive it to the hoop, keep on hooping. Until you can do better, you drive what you got. Let people laugh at you. Some of those same folks who laughing can't hardly pay their bills. But they looking prosperous. Baby, I know. Listen, I, I, I was in banking 17 years and there a lot of folks who you thought were doing well, they were just borrowing well. Hello? Looking the part. I'm not interested in God. It's not interested in you looking the part. He wants you to be pure, holy. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Come off your high horse. Let's get down to humility. Look at this last verse. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Take an interest in others too. So teamwork. We got same mindset, same person. Express our unity in Christ in all of our relationships. We got to express our unity in Christ in all our relationships. Our unity in Christ in all of our relationships. And lastly, guys, we got to have Excellence, the spirit of excellence. Go to Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And it's the last scripture. Because, guys, I'm here to tell you, God is trying to do something through this church. And I, I need y'all to look at me. Look at me. And you look at it via live stream. If we're going to have the impact that Christ desires for us to have, you, 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 you. You, yeah, you, 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 you got to get engaged. We got to get engaged. We got to be engaged with one another. We got to start doing life together. We got to start encouraging one another. We got to start walking one another. And guys, when you start engaging and walking, there's going to be some time when there's going to be some, there'll be a little friction. But see, if you have the same purpose and the same mind, you can get past the little friction, the little stuff, the little idiosyncrasy, the little stuff that kind of bothers you a little bit. They sat on your couch and then put their foot up on the coffee table. Don't nobody, your mama don't put her foot up on the coffee table. 
You're going to have some of them folks who will take liberty, but you know, they didn't know any better. Just forgive them this time. Just explain to them that, hey, listen, here we don't put feet on coffee tables. It's your house. You can have your rules. Learn how to be hospitable. Come on. Be hospitable. I said be hospitable. Hospitable means that it's okay. You need to invite somebody to your house to eat. Because you start eating, you can start talking. When a, when, a, when a dude gets full, man, he'll start telling everything. You'll know exactly where he's at because his stomach is full. He's like, oh, Lord, yeah, 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 but Pastor, you know, I've been five years ago when you said to preach that sermon, I was so mad at you. He's full on my ribs now, so now he's he telling me all this stuff. So now we can deal with your stuff. Look at what the text said. Watch, I got to get out of here. Next. Work. Can we read out loud on purpose? Let's read. Right? Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Oh my God, if we would ever get this in, we, a lot of us get promoted. Stop complaining and work as to the Lord. It may not be the job that you ultimately end up being because you know it's not your purpose, it's not your destiny. But while you are at the place that you're at right now, you owe it to God. And your testimony to work heartily as unto the Lord. And one of the reasons why you may not be getting promoted is because you're acting a fool on your job. You're not showing the right attitude and the right approach. You're complaining. Stop being a complainer and a mummerer in your place of employment. That ruins your testimony. And if you, if, and if you got to complain, that much you need to move on to someplace else. Don't forget you got a mortgage, so you better get something else before you move on to someplace else. Some of y'all trying to be too deep. That mortgage paper going to come around next month. So find you something else if you don't like where you are. But while you are where you are, you owe it to God and to those who you're trying to witness to, to, to work with a spirit of excellence. Work willingly at whatever you do as though, as though, as though, as though, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now that's going to slap some of y'all right in the face because some of y'all are the world's biggest complaints about your work environment. You would do better by changing jobs than to stay there and complain. What does this say? Work willingly and whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Last, last scripture, 24, watch this. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is who? It's not your supervisor. It's not the owner of the company. The master that you're serving is whom? It's Christ. Honor, last point, under, under excellent, honor and glorify God. We got to do that in all that we do. Everybody say honor, honor. and glorify God in all that we do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.